You've been created for significance in the body of Christ. And we're going to be looking at that in 1 Corinthians 12. But I want you to look at 1 Peter 4, in verse 10 and 11, very succinct, and see what it says about you and I as believers in Christ. Oftentimes, you'll have people think, well, I'm not gifted, uh, I'm not good at anything, and can demean themselves. But God has no junk on the planet. Even your physical creation. Did you know you were shaped for significance by the Creator? Uh, going all the way back to Adam and Eve, take care of the garden. You have word. You're made in the image of God. I watch a lot of uh, National Geographic specials. I take National Geographic. But they're always saying our nearest of kin, the ape. And, and they're serious about it. It's, it's not a joke with them. It's their worldview. Whether you know it or not, there's not one creature in the animal kingdom that comes within one billionth of a mile next to what a human being is. No animal was ever made in the image of God. You even fallen men, according to Genesis 9, God said, don't take a man's life. Why? He's made in the image and likeness of God even when he's an unsaved man. He's an image bearer. Don't mess with the handiwork of God. In your mother's womb, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Your, the color of your hair was not accidental. God picked it. Are you aware of that? Your, the color of your skin is a divine choice. Your IQ. It could be developed, but at least the original ingredients, if it wasn't given in the womb, you don't have it. Take all the classes you want. It's in the package. It's in the hardware. So God doesn't make junk. God makes image bearers. And then in the body of Christ, once you become a Christian, what in the world am I to do besides listen to sermons? Is the rest of my life sitting in a Bible class? Is that it? Well, a preacher loves that. If you're a preacher or a teacher, I've got to find somebody that wants to listen. But what I'm afraid of is too many are just listening and not functioning. That's a tragedy. And someone has likened it to uh, watching a bunch of exhausted men play football being watched by a bunch of beer-guzzling passive fans, booing every time a guy drops the ball. And sometimes church is that way. Those who do the least are the most critical. Those not engaged expect the most. I want good singing. I want good preaching. I want good. I want, I want. What are you willing to do? Are you a player or a fan? You're not even a fan. You might just be a critic. And you couldn't catch the ball if we threw it to you. It's so easy. 
to always criticize what the church ought to be. Sometimes it reflects you and I, and that's what's scary. But listen to what Peter says, 1 Peter 4.10. As each, each believer has received a gift, spiritual gift, use it to serve yourself. You can correct me when I misread. First service was half asleep. You've had enough coffee, you ought to boo it. Use it to serve one another. And the one another is primarily the body of Christ. Use that as good stewards. Stewards means you're not the owner of the gift. You're using that gift as the master who gave it to you once. As good stewards of God's varied grace. Now it gives categories. Whoever speaks, who has been gifted at the mouth, teach, preach, pastor, exhort, evangelize, gifted at the mouth as one who speaks oracles of God. In other words, you don't invent your message. You speak God's message, but God's gifted you to pass it on. But the message is God's. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. He's not asking you to do what he will not energize you to do in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And thank God for gifted sound men. Amen? Thanks, Chris. Now, go to 1 Corinthians 12. Let's pick up verse 4. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. God hasn't gifted everybody the same. Now, watch this. There are varieties of service or ministry. See, the Spirit gives the gift, and Jesus Christ gives the realm of service. Is it going to be in Africa, Richmond, Hercules, Nevada? The realm of service. Is it going to be with children? Is it going to be with adults? Where is it going to be? He says different kinds of service, some mouth, some serving of different variety. And then he says, but it is the same God, God the Father, who empowers them in, in every one. Up above, he says, various activities. Terrible translation. It's the word for energy, but it has an ending in Greek that emphasizes the, emphasis, the, uh, the effects of the energy. You know he's strong because he moved a big object, and that's this word. There are various effects produced from the realm of service, from the spiritual gift, and you see the Trinity at work here. Spirit gives me the gift. Jesus places me in the realm of service, and God the Father guarantees effects when I'm where he wants me to be using it. I, I often hear this. I just want to be faithful. No, I don't. I want to be faithful at being fruitful. Being faithful at being barren 
is not what I want to be. Has God ordained you to be faithful at bearing no fruit? And sometimes we'll say this, well, everything's going down, it's bad, but at least he went out faithful. Faithful, sometimes we have long seasons. We tell the missionaries five years before a convert, six years. But God's designed for the believers to be fruitful, be fruitful and faithful. But we don't want to just be barren. We want to bear fruit. And God says, use my gifts where I place you, and I'll produce divine effects. Divine effects. Then he goes on, and he names various spiritual gifts. And then he goes down. In verse 14, the body does not consist of one member but of many. The Corinthians were really caught up with tongues at the time. And so he's trying to say all the gifts are essential and are needful. Then he goes on to say that, verse 21, we cannot say to thy hand, I don't need you. We need all the members of the body. Now, do you have a pen? Are you using a pen? Pen. Uh, it's a little writing object. Okay, and the pencil and the pew, if you need it, I want you to underscore these verses. It may help you in this chapter. Notice verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Who is the each? E each believer. And what is the gift for? the common good of the body of Christ, okay? So if there's any ministry missing in this church, there's someone in this church not using that gift. And what's the temptation to do? Kick it up to the pulpit. Well, you guys aren't getting this done. I know, we've got inactive members. We've got 200 of them that give less than $100 a year. What's that about? That's called disobedience. They're just not obeying. Or where are they serving? They're not. They just sit in Bible studies. Did you know what? You're not serving right now. You're watching me serve. Can I get a witness? I'm the one that did the preparation. You're giving yourself a compliment. I came here and ate your donut, drank your coffee. You better be happy, boy. Well, you haven't served. You haven't served. You haven't met. And some of you, because uh, David, then they have their class starts at 9. This would be three hours they will have sat in church with coffee, donuts, and Bible teaching. And some of you are unconscious in the pew. That's a lot, lot of sitting. That's a lot of intake. Three hours in one morning. It's a lot. And all they had to do is take notes and receive. Wonderful. Us guys with the gift of speaking, as we call it, we love you folks that like to listen. What would we do if you didn't? But the myth is you've served just because you've listened. Don't be hearers only, but be doers. You're not the doing yet. Your ministry's ahead of you. Is this convicting? I'm just talking. I'm not trying to preach. I'm just telling thoughts, okay? I don't want to make you guilty. Guilty, I can make you guilty, but it never is a lasting motivation. You'll shake it off. So, 
he goes on. Now, verse 7, he's giving you this. Now, watch verse 11. All these gifts are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to some. To who? And who is the each one? Us, believers. He's apportioning your gift. I, when I first got saved, I was told to seek tongues because I was in a tongues church. And that was, everybody had talking tongues. So I sought it, sought it. Some could, some couldn't. But we were taught to see, seek one specific gift. But here he's saying the Spirit sovereignly is in charge of what gift you got. And you can seek this gift or that gift. And, and I think the Corinthians one of the more spectacular gifts at the time. But God has determined the place he wants you in the body, the ministry he wants you to do in the body, the gift you've got. It's been determined. Just like God determined in the womb what color you'd be, what your hair would be like, and a lot of other things. Now, verse 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Do you get the feeling God composed and put you in the body to do what he wants you to do? I mean, you're, you've been designed for significance and for effectiveness. Then, go down. Let, let's pick up um, oh, how the body functions. We, look at this verse 25. That there be no division in the body but that the members have the same care for one another. Wait, the who? The, 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 the pastors. I can't hear you. The who? The members of what? The Elk Lodge? The members, are you in the body of Christ? You should have equal care for everybody in the body. You and I. Don't pay me to care. I just heard about a pastor that had been a long-term pastor, and he's getting ready to leave the church, and a woman down the second row just was crying and crying. And it, it, <clears throat> he was Jerry Vines, a famous Southern Baptist preacher back in Florida. And, and Jerry went down, and he's comforting her, puts his arms around her, and he said, Oh, be comforted, sister. God's going to send you a pastor that will love you, that will care for you, that will preach the word to you, and, and, and will be everything you need. And she said, yeah, but that's what they said about you. <laughs> See, I mean, in this church, I grew up that if the pastor didn't make the visit, you hadn't been visited. How many of you grew up that way? Church run at least 100. If he doesn't do it, he hadn't been blessed. In this church, I remember going to see Charlie Roscoe over in uh, Walnut Creek. Had a serious surgery. By the time I got there, Richard Armstrong had been there. Ray Molinar had been there. This one had been there. By the time I came, he thought, man, I'm wore out. And most of our people, by the time I show up, they just ask, is it that bad? Is it that serious? Because our people are always visiting the sick. And they're not on the payroll. They're in the body. 
They're showing care for the body. We got a sister, Kathy Rasmussen. Both Gene and David try to manage her, but they can't. Uh, she goes, takes meals all over the place for sick people. She's been fighting cancer for 10 years herself, keeps her arm wrapped up quite a bit because she still lives with pain and the struggle with cancer. Why are you delivering food to people? You're a cancer victim. Don't do that. She would nearly hit you if, I, if you said that to her. She said, oh, no, no, that's my ministry. I mean, she's out there doing donuts early in the morning. Tom White, Gene. Hey, you know what? The donut folks don't get paid. They just do that because they love you, and some of you just can't make it without a donut. Huh? Hey, that's volunteer. We pay $5,000 a year for donuts, and we get maybe $100 a week. So uh, we, we're not averaging too good, but, boy, our people are putting on weight. You know, we're the church. We'll grow you one way or the other. <laughs> one way or the other. Uh, that's okay. You can laugh in church and still go to heaven. Um, every believer has a gift given by the Spirit. Every believer. All gifts, I'm just reading the notes, have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Verse 11. God chose what gift he wants you to have. Verse 18. All the gifts are needed in the body, verses 14 through 20. Now, let me tell you 10 things about you that God's designed, and I hope you fill these in. And when the devil's telling you that you're trash, that you're not worthy, and that uh, there's no reason, the only thing you're good for is to come down here and hear sermons, no, 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 no. I would be miserable if all church was, was hearing sermons. God wants ministry done. Ask me when I started ministering. Fifteen. And right back there, look up my brother Paul, who taught me to lock up the building, to hand out songbooks, to greet people. This is on 15th and Cutting in Richmond. And, uh, he and I every Saturday knocked on doors all on South Cutting, inviting people to church or any revival meeting we were having. I never knew what it was to be saved and just sit on the pew. That's why some of you are miserable. God didn't make you just to sit. He made you to make a contribution to the ways gifted you. You're a gifted person. Don't sit on it. God's designed you for significance. Number one, You've been created for ministry. And I give you the verse. We are God's workmanship. There's a beautiful word. It's poema. We're his poem or his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do nothing. To do what? Ah. Well, I'm listening to you, Pastor. No, your gift is not listening to me. That, that comes later. God, and, and they're good works that God planned before he even saved you. Uh, th that is scary. Let me ask you, does that mean if you are not available, will that set of good works get done? I wonder, do you ever see things in the body that man, we're missing this. Ooh, we're not organized there. Ooh, we, somebody needs to care there. Ooh, this ought to be done. Oh, this and what happens usually in a small church, the pastor will try to be omnicompetent 
And so we watch him have a heart attack and say, you need a vacation. No, no, the saints need to get employed. And that's why small churches don't grow. The pastor assumes it's his job to make up for all the lack. Can't do it. This church, when we first began, I'd have people come. All we did, we started Tuesday night Bible study Sunday. Then at this dance hall. Okay, I teach Tuesday night. We had a men's study, a lot of studies. I was teaching all the time. But people would come, and they would say, well, we need a youth group. We said, we sure do. I said, we need a youth group. I said, we sure do. Well, who's going to do it, Pastor? It doesn't sound like you are. All you see is needs and wants. And I'd have people say, well, come back once you get it. And they did. They kept their promise. They left. When they found out we had a youth group going, they came back. I mean, let's ask some real questions. How spoiled American churches become? Where in the Bible did it say we need to run a nursery? Do you have to run a nursery to be a Bible church? I can't find an axe. I keep looking for diapers. I just can't find it. Why do we do nursery? We're trying to get women with their babies. Could they get freed up to hear the word and a bunch of volunteer women? My sister-in-law stayed in our nursery until she backslided, she said. She'd been out of church so long, and she came in my office, and, and a woman that's never had any children of her own stayed in our nursery like 15 years, changed more diapers than you want to talk about. And she came one day, she said, I've got to resign. I said, friend, you can't resign. You've been in, she said, no, it's been so long since I've been able to worship. I feel like I've backslid, changing other people's children's diapers. Because that's all I do in this church is clean up the messes of babies. Why? She wanted to set women free to hear the Bible. What an incredible gift of work she did. Okay, now do you think about it. this morning, were you, as you go to the nursery, were you had an encouragement card to a nursery worker? Hey, my baby doesn't look up to snuff, so well, be glad you're getting them. <laughs> Where does it say in page 9 of the Bible, we've got a babysitter? Who said we have to have a youth group? This stuff springs up, and it sprung up not going on hiring. It was volunteers in our church that started it, started this. The adult class, David started. Org started. David started on his own. Or two. We didn't hand him anything. He started it. Don Andrews' class on Saturday. We didn't start. Susie doing wow. Let me tell you, these people are doing it just because they love God. They just got a gift. They want to build up the body of Christ. Now I ask you, what are you doing in the body? Did God make a mistake on you? He didn't create you for good works. No, no, no. I think of Chuck. Chuck does our radio. He does our media ministry. And his Catherine 
the books that we get, she transcribed them. And some said, well, you need another editor. Yeah, I, I got her free. She did it on her own time. She did it as a love gift. Or do we even say, send a thank you card to some of these precious people? Because we all got expectations of this place. The expectations are on each of us. I'm going to do what he told me, and I'm going to fall in this pulpit or resign, but I will say this, I did what he told me. I didn't do everything, but I did try to preach, teach. But there's a thousand gaps, our missions, everything. We got all kinds of stuff. Does it bother you that I know that? Well, be bothered. This church is no better than the people who attend. We are the body. We are the body of Christ. We ought to respond to the needs. Don't have to run out and hire. We just were going to hire two more positions. I dropped it. I said, you don't have a $150,000 deficit. Go out and hire people. Drop it. We don't have the money to hire. I hope we don't have to fire. You've got to have the money to run a church this size. When we first started, there's no problem. You know what? I heard a line that bothers me. Churches in their early days, all they talk about is faith. Churches in their latter days only talk about finance. Are we talking faith around here or finance? God's work doesn't fail to get done from a lack of finance. It's a lack of faith. When you trust God, his resources will be released. If God takes away the finance, he didn't want you to do it. If he didn't want to do it, we submit. Because only God can supply the resources. Amen? It's like this church. Okay, some of you ask, when are you going to retire? Some of you seem to be rushing it. I can hear it in your voice. Well, let me say this. It's inevitable. But here's the thing we got to know. And I'm going to be talking in leadership meetings in the future about our purpose. See, a church built on a personality, the moment I resign, all statistics say 25% of you will relocate. You will not come if I'm not in the pulpit. That's called a church built on personality, not on divine purpose. Are we serving for God's purposes or just personalities? Will you be here? Matt's going to be preaching two weeks from now. Tim's going to be preaching. And some folks say, if you're not preaching, I'm not coming. Where's your loyalty, to me or to Christ? Is it my church or Christ's church? I've been chosen for ministry, number two. Some of you will not sleep without filling in the blanks. So I'll move. I've been chosen for ministry. And I'll let you read the verse, which we'll keep going. And, and similar to it, I've been called into ministry. Like Paul, I was set apart from my mother's womb. I was called by his grace. Then Peter says, you're living stones. You've been set apart as a spiritual priesthood. You must know we are Protestant. Listen to me. We're Protestant. We don't believe in clergy running the church. You can go to God for yourself. I don't need a priest. I am a priest. I am a priest. I don't need a middleman. I don't need a guy wearing a miter 
or wearing some fancy. I get to go to God for I don't need Levi. I don't need Aaron. I've got one mediator between me and God, and I get to go directly to him. Don't let us rob you of your ministry. Don't, don't let a few up here say, oh, they're running the show. Oh, no, no, no. You're running. They asked Spurgeon why he had such an outstanding ministry. They had revival swept London. He said, because my people pray for me. I thought, would it be something if my people prayed for me 10 minutes a day? You'd get a brand new preacher. But most do not. But they want me to speak from heaven. I need your help. I need your intercession. I need you pleading for God not to abandon West County and not to abandon this liberal state, not to let people perish without us put, sounding out the trumpet. God still has a church, and the tribulation hadn't hit yet. That means he wants us busy working for him in the meantime. In the meantime. Don't go stand looking on some mountain. Come, Jesus. He didn't say stand and look. He said go and work. Go and evangelize. I'll give you the spirit. Go to your Jerusalem. Go as far as you can. You know our identity. I write here, I am not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. But I really am who God says I am. A life-changing truth is my primary identity is I am a servant of Jesus Christ. Can you say that? Paul said that in Romans 1, I am a servant of Jesus Christ, then an apostle in the will of God. He put being a servant ahead of being an apostle. Uh, servant, that's the major, major thing. I don't let people call me reverend. I don't buy that stuff. I want to say, here lies a servant of God. A servant. Was he a servant of God? Are you could I say, they, there goes a servant of God. At the epitaph of John Wesley, at the place where they set up a, like a museum to him, they've got a model there that Wesley gave. Do not praise the instrument, but praise the God who used the instrument. God is what makes the difference in any of us. We're his instrument. I've been gifted for ministry. And Peter says that, and so does Corinthians. You've been gifted. What is your gift? I'll tell you the best way to find your gift. Don't take a course on gifts as much as get busy doing something. Try it. And before you know it, you'll find out where God's bearing fruit through you, where there's effects, where there's fulfillment. We do something in our core value class here called what is the shape of your ministry? And we're not talking about Weight Watchers and that kind of stuff. We use it as an acrostic shape. What is your spiritual gift? How's God? Is He gifted you at the mouth? Has He gifted you to minister in various ways? Two, two. What is your heart? What do you have a heart for? Some of you love working with children. Others of you cannot imagine it. You've got a heart for, we had a couple this morning came to the first service because they were going to uh, 
Hunter's Point and Bay Point to find men lying in their vomit and urine. It's a rescue mission operation. They're working with a ministry and city team to go over there and spend the rest of their Sunday afternoon trying to reach derelicts for Christ. Do you feel burdened about that? They do. Talk to John and Deb Anderson. Most white folks are afraid to go to Second McDonald, let alone minister there. The rescue mission has been going for years, offering hope to every color, every condition. You got a burden for that? I see some folks, they've always got a burden to go up. They seldom get a burden to go down. And Jesus said, when you're invited to a banquet, don't ask to sit at the head of the table. Take the lowest place. Why don't you start the lowest place? Just, just getting back. Just what are you doing in the body of Christ on any level? Giving, serving, helping. And you'll find out in time. God will let you know. You'll know what you have a heart for. Shape, spiritual gift, your heart. What's your ability? Computer. Sean, I'm talking about could you turn on a computer? I did my entire doctoral thesis on an IBM typewriter. Anybody know what that is? 414 pages. And he's got, and everybody talk about, oh, you just backspace. You don't do that with a typewriter, honey. Yeah, white out. And when the faculty see white out, they say, write that chapter over. No, you better take it. What's your ability? What's your personality? Yeah, God will use all of you. A lot of you are like that. They said you're like the porcupine. You've got a lot of good points if we can get close to you. What's your personality? I asked someone here the other day, do you know any happy Christians? Imagine. You need to come to church with me. What? Yeah. What, what do you think about it? I don't know. What's he preaching on? I don't know. What, I don't even know his name. <laughs> they sing and all they talk about is money. That's all they talk about. What do you give a year? Oh, I'm up to $30. You spend more than that at Starbucks. God knows you don't need more caffeine. You know, just miserable. Just miserable. Uh -huh. Boy, Christianity hasn't done much for you, has it? it is, should we offer men and women? I was convicted this last week. A guy was interviewing me, and I think I've been negative in the way I present the gospel. I I'm always want to be sure they're guilty. You know. You know you deserve the wrath of God. Thank you. I just, I, I'm glad I met you. Tell me more. You know you're depraved. Thank you. I, I can't spell it, but go ahead. You know you're rotten. Yeah. You know you're not worth anything. Yeah. Thank you. I'm just so glad I met you. When do we get to the good news? I said, when do we get to the good news? What, what if I said this? Would you like the happiest life you'll ever be able to know in this life 
and it will intensify a million times for eternity. You could start it today. I see some of you, I see you, you Calvinists, you wonder if it's right. John 10, 10. I came that they might have life and that they might be more miserable. What does it say? And have it more abundantly. So can I offer a man over in the tenderloin today, sleeping off a drunk, sir, if you'll receive the Christ I'm offering you, joy, happiness, and peace will begin immediately. I don't hear you. I don't hear you, amen, that. You don't believe it? It's easy to get them lost. They're already lost. Can you offer the bait of the gospel to say, I've got good news for you, hell-deserving sinner. God's got good news, good news, good news, good news. It's called the gospel that gives you joy, peace, forgiveness, reconciliation to God. This is our gospel. Our world is already, Jesus said, when I came, I found you condemned. In the Greek language, it was a perfect tense. When I came, I didn't have to condemn you. I found you condemned. And let me tell you, around our area, everybody you're going to meet is already condemned. They need good news if they can be free. Where am I? Five, I've been given authority for ministry. Christ has all authority. He sent me to be his ambassador my authorities from above. Six, I'm becoming more like Christ when I serve or in my ministry because we don't come to be served but to serve. That's the Christ-like mindset. Anything you do for another today with a heart for Christ, that's ministry. Caring for them, don't worry about specialization, just feeding them, helping them. However, I'm to be equipped for ministry. He gave gifts to the church to equip you. Now, here's the thing I think that's scary. If I just teach you, doesn't mean I've equipped you necessarily. Some teaching does not equip. Some teaching only gives you more information. Why give more information to disobedient Christians? You want to help people. You know what Jesus said in the Great Commission? Go and teach them to obey. And I see a lot of teaching. I grew up with it in seminary circles that it was more information than you could ever use, but it was not transformation. That uh, will it change your disposition? Will it change how you relate to life? That we want truth that changes. Equip to minister. Equip not just to have a bigger notebook full of notes, but said, I've been equipped, I've been given the skill and the heart to minister and to serve. I don't claim I'm the best, I know the most, I, I'm engaged. I'm, I'm employed for service. So he goes on to say, the body of Christ is the place for my ministry. All the gifts as a whole start in the body. We minister to one another, one another. And the para organizations, let's say rescue missions, campus crusade, things, many times they wind up doing what local churches 
either didn't have enough people to do, didn't have the burden to do. They're just an extension of God's church throughout the earth. So the gifts, primarily, they begin and function in the context of the local church. Nine, I'm going to be accountable for my ministry. We all shall appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive what is due for the things we've done in our body as a Christian, whether good or bad. And the word bad is not evil. It's the word worthless. He's not talking about sins here. Everything I've done with my body, that was for good. And I did a, do a lot of stuff in the body that, on the divine viewpoint, may not be sin, just worthless. Eating, sleeping, just normal maintaining of the body. Hey, you, you've got to do it, but it doesn't have eternal value. But he's going to reward everyone for that which they did for Christ, by Christ, in the body of Christ. Then he says, I'll be rewarded for my ministry. I love this Colossians. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So let me give you just four summary points. Every member is a minister in Christ's body. Every member of Christ's body should equal minister. So when I look at all of you this morning, I don't know how many people would be here that do not know Christ, but I'd say 90, 95% of you would claim to be believers, right? If you're not a believer, go ahead and raise your wife's hand. Okay? Thank you. Um, that as a whole, I'm talking to believers. Is that right? So today, we're going to pray a commissioning prayer, because Matt Nicosia gave me this wonderful thought. Really, as you, when the church is gathered, it ought to be for edification and equipping, right? As the church scatters, it ought to be for evangelism and service. Huh? So we're going to commission all of you to go and minister as you leave because you haven't been ministering right now. You're just hoping I say it right. You're hearing me. You're not ministering. You're listening to me as you should, as the Word says. But if you're equipped and you're ready, do you want to go and do ministry? It's like evangelism. You know, I always, every once in a while, people say, well, he doesn't invite enough. He doesn't make enough invitations. Okay, okay. But you know what that does? It makes us do all the fishing in the church aquarium. Why don't we go out in the ocean where the unsaved are? Why should I always be fishing in this tank? No, I'm assuming as a whole you're saved. I'm just trying to get you to act saved. I'm just wanting you to act like what God made you for, exhorting you, trying to stimulate you to do that. Two, every member has a different function in the body of Christ. I don't know what your function is. You don't have to preach. If you like to, let me know. Yeah. We'll book you some Sunday night that we're not having service. <laughs> I, I think of people I was with uh, yesterday 
that believed in me when I didn't know how to preach, though I felt called to preach, it didn't mean I knew how to preach. But it, some gifts are more intimidating. So every member has a different function. Every member's ministry is important, whether it's our children's ministry, youth ministry. Where? Where will you break out? So, you know, we, we got a lot of people like in our staff. I, I, I just am amazed to watch the Mary and Johns who's been with Awana and children for years. I appreciate seeing Melissa, who's a graphic art gal, does a wonderful job, always anchoring in our youth ministry. I see some of you over there in the children's ministry. It, it's amazing you volunteer. Without you, we can't pay enough people to do those ministries. We just can't. And I just read a leadership book that says, start no ministry until you first have a leader. And a lot of things are on the want list that we can't do because we don't have a leader. Are you available? And we're not good at recruiting. We're not. We can make you feel guilty, but that won't recruit you. Inviting. That's why we have the enlistment ministry. We want to make it easier for you to find a place to connect. But only God can move your heart to believe, I'm gifted. I want to serve somewhere. I want to meet needs in the body. Finally, every member belongs to the others. I think for me, my greatest encouragement for ministry comes within this body and also my greatest discouragement. I, I keep cards that people write to me. I seldom keep criticisms. Uh, they'll slow me down for a month I'll read it, but I eventually burn the letter and get rid of it so it doesn't keep me discouraged. But the cards you've sent to encourage me, I got a file at home, encouragement cards. I look around you. Who has ministered to you? Children, youth, nursery, family ministry. Who does family ministry in our church? Talk, Nick. And Kelly to do it. He's got three boys. He's running day and night on his job. Meets twice a month. We don't have a big booming family ministry. You know why? It's led by nothing but volunteers. Nobody gets a check. Nobody just do it because they love God. What all could we be doing if we all got in the ministry? And every one of you been designed to do it. God wants to do it through the body. And you're the body. When will you ask him, say, start using me now? I've listened to enough sermons. I've sat under enough seminars. I've got enough notes. It's now time to turn it into action. It's time. I'm going to pray over you as the ministers of Christ that God will take you as you go out that door. I pray you'll start ministering, and I wish you'd come back next week when I'm going to preach on Matthew 25. And he asked, did you bury your talent or did you use it? Father, as we go, turn this body into a body of ministers, men and women and young people. Let us not think we minister just because we came to get equipped to minister. Turn us into doers. 
turn us into the mutual care of one another. Let us not punch everything up, up, up. Get it to the guys that can really do it. No, you've been gifted. You've been gifted. You've been gifted by the head of the church to meet every need that's in his body by one member or the other. Help us not to pour all on one member while we lessen our own contribution. Let us all do the ministry you want outside these walls for the next six days. And then let us come back on Sunday to celebrate God used us. Celebrate the great God that made us significant. The God who gave us a significant place in his eternal program. How could we ever thank you enough, Father, that you wrote us into the plans from the foundation of the world. Forever and ever and ever, we will adore you. Bless your wonderful name. Amen.